Welcome to Songs and Stories, the not-for-musicians-only music podcast. Alrighty, welcome once again to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories episode 104. And if you didn't catch it last in the last episode, I mentioned that uh, Songs and Stories has officially hit the four-year mark as of February 2011. I started this way back in 2007 with my Highway 17 podcast. I kind of picked apart my song Highway 17, and I think that episode was okay. I I hope they've gotten better. I think they've gotten better. People keep listening and finding it. So uh, however you found this episode, thank you for tuning in, downloading, or however, you, however you're listening. I really appreciate it. Today we're going to keep playing catch up on 2010. As I said last time, I had a, I had a two or three interviews from 2010 that I hadn't wrapped a podcast envelope around yet and pushed out to the interweb. So today we're going to be talking to Vicki Thorne Simpson of a band called The Waifs, who I've been a fan of for a long, long time, uh, which is a common theme on this show if you haven't caught it already. I like to interview people that I'm fans of or friends of or, you know, basically if you're a nice person, you can be on the podcast. That's sort of my only criteria. I first saw the Waves, um, I don't know, years ago when KPIG Radio had their Texas Uprising concerts out at the Santa Cruz County Fairgrounds. They had uh, a main stage, and then between the main stage acts, as soon as the main stage would finish, the smaller stage would start up. And it was a place where I got to see people doing sort of their first big Santa Cruz appearance. And there are quite a people that are quite established now, like Jack Ingram, Nickel Creek, uh, Slade Cleaves played for the first time in Santa Cruz on the side stage of the Texas Uprising. So it was kind of a big deal. The Waves played there several years ago, and it's the first time I saw them. And the Waves, if you're not familiar with them, they're primarily a trio made up of Australian sisters Vicky Thorne Simpson and Donna Simpson and singer-songwriter guitarist Josh Cunningham. And they always have a band behind them, but they often play as a solo, as a trio. Uh, they play there for the first time and just great, you know, the, they had the great sibling harmony thing going and Vicky's harmonica, uh, great guitar playing, just wonderful, I don't know, folk pop songs, Dylan covers, the whole bit. Um, really just a great, great band with some great songs. I've seen them since at the Strawberry Music Festival once or twice and other places, and they tour quite often. Uh, I caught up with Vicki by phone from her home in Utah last summer. She was getting ready to do a little quick tourette with Josh and Donna and kind of talked about how they, they tend to work and play and tour. And then because they're all U.S.-based now, they go off to their respective homes and families and they get together and play and tour once in a while again. And as we speak, as of this particular podcast episode, they're actually working on a new studio release. But uh, I got to talk with Vicky for a little bit on, on the phone about kind of just getting together and playing again and kind of what that was like when they hadn't played for a while. I thought it was kind of interesting. We also talked about her harmonica playing, which I was always kind of impressed by, and it kind of inspired me to really – I was kind of playing it a little bit when I first saw the Waves, and after I saw Vicky, I really spent a lot more time to try to figure out how to do it right. And, <laughs> and she's pretty de self-deprecating and tongue-in-cheek about it, but I think she doesn't give herself enough credit. We'll talk about that a little bit too. Before we talk to her, let's hear a little bit of what the Waves sound like as a band. Let's hear a couple of things off their last two releases. Their last studio release was 2008's Sun Dirt Water. 
Let's hear a bit of How Many Miles. And then their live record from the Live Union of Soul came out in 2009. And we're going to hear a little bit of London Still. And that really, really kind of showcases Vicky's harmonica playing. So let's hear that. And then we'll hear a, a little chat with Vicky by phone from Utah. Here's the waves. Today I dream of home and not of London 
So I, so I got to find the Blues Harmonica podcast and figure out what I'm doing as well. Yeah. But I think you do a fine job, so. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask, so what your, your latest release, it's a live album, is that correct? Yeah, now that was, uh, That's that was a while released too. a yeah. year and a half ago, yeah, in Australia. Yeah. Um, I mean, every time we go on a hiatus, we've been together 18 years now. Right, right. And so we, we take, you know, a year off to, to spend with our families and get settled in our home lives. And I think there's always a bit of uncertainty with what's going to happen with the band, you know, whether we're going to write songs or we're going to come back together and, and there'll be no new material. Mm-hmm. That was the case with this hiatus, but we've come back with a lot of new material, which surprised us all, actually. Wow. Yeah, especially um, when you're busy with your home lives, but I guess that's probably where you go to get inspired, too. I mean, some people get inspired from the road, and some get inspired by day-to-day life, and it's probably a mix of that, but I think when you probably... I, I guess when you when you guys sort of go your separate ways amicably for a while, is there sort of like a, a when-and-if kind of wondering when we're going to do it again and what it's going to be like? It sounds like <laughs> that's kind of what happens. We, we we still like each other. We'll get back together. We're just not sure when. Is, is, it, is there something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we love we love playing music, and that's that's only gotten um, that's only strengthened since we've had our families and mm-hmm. and and have developed separate lives. You know, because back in the days, probably when you saw us at Strawberry, we we did ten months tours, and our whole lives were the band. And mm-hmm. and uh, in fact, we weren't creating much music back then, at least it didn't feel like it. I mean, right. I think we've always put out an album about every two years. Uh-huh. Um, but for me in particular, I hadn't, you know, I was writing a, a song every two years, if that, but but uh, in the last year, I've, I've written nearly 10 songs, which is a first for me ever. Uh-huh. And Donna, we just got really creative and productive for some reason. Probably because you weren't, um, probably at least for me, like on the scale that I do, and from what I see with other songwriters, is if you're if you're on the road, you're sort of managing. I mean, you're st- you're you're performing and working on your your craft every night because you're playing in front of people, which is really and you get better and better. But I think when you're on the road, or you're just even if you're like you know, at the level where you're holding onto a day job and playing, or if you're touring, you're you're all your energy as far as creativity is going into I think just running the performance and and book and organizing where you're going. And I think when you stop, it's sort of when you get to probably recharge and really let the writing kind of flow again. Yeah, well, for me it was, you know, I wasn't getting really close to a lot of people or hearing a lot of, about a lot of people's lives on tour, you know, right, I was generally right. very tired and I just, you know, did the gig and went to the hotel and mm-hmm. um, Josh is the exception to that in our band, he's always been very creative on the road, um, but for me, yeah, I just, I just, I sat at home for a year and a half and I live on a very isolated farm in southern Utah and... Mm-hmm. And just, I, I guess I started listening and looking for stories and people around me, mm-hmm. and I, I deliberately wanted to write story songs this time. It, oh, wonderful! It was a, it was a conscious decision to start writing about people that I knew or loved. Or I love story songs. I can't wait to hear the new material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think that for our our last studio album, Thunder at Water, it 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 lacked a bit of that. You know, there was a lot of road songs and um but there was nothing that really told stories about we we were writing pretty much you know about things that we were experiencing directly uh-huh. um it, it's funny because with three songwriters in our band it, it all you never know what you're going to get sure sure <laughs> you know <laughs> and 
but now that we're living apart and having separate experiences and listening to different music, you know, it's, it's been a bittersweet thing about our band that when we put out an album, it never makes, there's never any cohesion. And sometimes I find it really frustrating, mm, but I, I think that's, that's some of the draw card of the wave too, is that, you know, it's, it's, it is varied. So I guess records now have sort of Donna's piece and Vicky's piece and Joshua's piece and how you collaborated on those separate elements, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and for a few years there, you know, Donna would, there would be my pieces that Donna would actually walk off stage for and, and I'd walk off stage with Donna. <laughs> it, it almost like we, we had three solo artists on stage for like a your while. your turn, your turn. Your, it's, you, yeah. Because <laughs> you, you don't want to be, you don't want a band to become sort of an in the round kind of thing. Okay, this is Vicky's song. Go ahead and do your thing. And, well, that's what we, I, I think we we were doing that for a while, and I, I'm not sure why, mm-hmm. um, but with this tour, we've, um, we've been touring with a bass player and, and even a keyboard player, I think, the last time in America, mm-hmm. uh, as a six-piece uh, band for a few years, and so with this tour, we decided to strip it right back, and... Um, we're a four-piece. We have our drummer Dave McDonald. He's on a tiny kit, mm-hmm. which is it was which was like uh, the, the the way we first toured when we first came to America. We were a four-piece, and I've had to learn to play guitar again because I got so used to having a band. Right. I just right. put the guitar away and became a singer, and I loved that. I, I felt that. And a harmonica player, contrary to what you might say. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it, I found that really freed me up on stage when I haven't had a guitar, but somehow now in rehearsing, I, I'm touring with four guitars. I'm playing a tenor guitar, an arch top, a mandolin, oh, a, and a dreadnought. So I went from playing nothing to suddenly I'm I'm a rhythm guitar. Don't have the band with Vicky's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really challenging, and, and I'm enjoying it. It's a different thing for me to sing with an instrument in my hand. But mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but it's, I'm, I'm excited about the sound. I mean, we can all hear each other, and there's you know, there's a lot of... Um, yeah, you know, I think I think the band thing is good, but I think for, at least for, always in the band, or, you know, what the heck do I know, but I think for songwriters, I like, I always say less is better. Cause I always, do, too. Because you really want the lyrics to kind of drive everything. Or, I do or harmonies or everything else, too. Yeah, and a lot of bands do it. You know, we just got tired of being an acoustic trio, so it was, it was a new sound for us, and we're really excited to have a band. But I, I do believe, and we all agree, that it's, you know, it took something away from the songs and from the music to do that. Mm-hmm. And now to be performing those songs that were recorded with a full band, we're now um, performing them for the first time in an acoustic format. That it changes them completely. The songs, you know, they sound the sound different. The mood is different. I like it. Can't wait to hear it. So you're in. Um, I believe you're in. By the, time, by, the time, by the time this airs, it's going to be sort of past tense. But I think you're in Santa Cruz Wednesday night. Is that correct? Something like that? Yes. Good. Well, we're looking forward to the show. Um, let me see. Final question. Um, I don't have any. I'm looking forward to hearing you guys again. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys get back together. I think all your fans probably are, too. <laughs> yeah. so, so are we going to hear a lot of the new material on Wednesday night? Yeah. Yeah, we've got, I think we've got almost 10 new songs in the set. Right. And, and, you know, we've only had two very quick rehearsals. Mm-hmm. We, we're going to get there at Soundcheck and, and run the set. We're, they're still pretty new, but uh, hopefully we can we can pull them off and they'll sound. Yeah, and probably the 18 years of rehearsals probably helps too, I think. You guys yeah. know each other pretty well. Yeah. And how long is this tour running for? Where are you going to go 
California, and then he just he took another leap in August. Um, like I say, I think we were a little unsure about the future of the band for a while there, and so we didn't want to commit to anything too big, and we were a little tentative, but it's, it's feeling good now, so good. I've no doubt we'll, we'll add some more dates. So this is kind of like the shakedown tour this week, and <laughs> getting your yeah. schedule made, but it's great. <laughs> well, looking forward to it. We'll see you Wednesday, and thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Once again, Vicki Thorne Simpson of the band The Waves, live from a children's museum somewhere in uh, Utah. But you, you get these interviews when you can when you can schedule time, and that's what we did. So I hope you got some insight into the band and kind of what they're up to. If, if you go to their website, thewaves.com, there is a letter from Vicki about the new the new record, which should actually be out as at the time of this podcast. So. Uh, Check out thewaves.org. You can also go to my site if you haven't yet, michaelgaither.com, and look for the section for Songs and Stories, episode 104. And uh, I'll put some links to what they're up to. I also found, I think, the, uh, the, the harmonica instructional podcast that Vicky was referring to. I found a couple, actually. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, I'll put links to those up there, too. On Songs and Stories, I have one more 2010 interview to wrap up. I'll be talking to my, my buddy Greg Kitchell, songwriter Greg Kitchell, who lives in Todos Santos, Mexico these days and plays down there quite a bit and comes up here once or twice a year. Well, we talked last fall, early last fall, at the American River Music Festival up in Coloma, California, my, one of my, my pretty much favorite little festival. I get to host the Songwriter Showcase on Friday night, and Greg played last, last year, and we talked about it um in camp afterwards so here's some nice ambient camping sounds and we'll talk about how cool the festival is and i'll probably let you know that you can go to americanrivermusic.org and buy tickets for this festival as we speak right now so have a look there if you want we're talking to greg kitchell and then uh, i've got a few scheduled things coming up i'll be talking with uh, singer songwriter piano player extraordinaire annie moscow uh probably in a couple of weeks we did a, a show, a podcast, a couple of years ago, and Annie has her third record coming out, so we're going to be talking about that. And then I'm going to meet up with uh, singer-songwriter Megan Slankard and chat with her probably about Don Quixote's music hall before her show uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. So I've got a lot of things get a, to get ready to queue, getting ready to get queued up here. So if you are on my mailing list, you'll find out about these. If not, you can send me an email, michael at michaelgaither.com. I'm going to let you know what the latest episodes are. If you're in iTunes, you can subscribe to me. You can also go to my website and click on the subscribe and iTunes button. And if you're listening to Grateful Dread Radio or KC Cafe Radio, who are running these shows as these podcasts as regular shows, you'll just hear them as they come up in sequence. So uh, however you're finding this, I really appreciate it. And I think I'll end this show with a little more of the waves. Uh, actually, uh, one song played a couple of different ways, which will be kind of fun. Uh, here on the West Coast, I think the song we got most familiar with was called When I Die off their uh, Up All Night record several years ago when they played the Texas Uprising. And it's a, it's, the, it's a great song about ending up in your small town, which is something I can kind of relate to. But they also played a, a bluegrass festival uh, a number of years ago, and they did a bluegrass version of When I Die. So what I'm going to do is give you a little bit of each, and you can pick both those up at thewaves.com and order either one of them. But uh, here's uh, When I Die played as it is on the record and then played live bluegrass style. Thanks again for listening. Here's The Waves once more. When I die, won't you bury me in the town where I'm 
Ever since I was a baby child I knew I was born to roam I had to climb to the top of the hill Just to see what lies beyond Seasons changing but I'm still the same I don't belong to anyone of me will always be sitting in my hometown sun When I die won't you bury me in the town where I was born Most of my life I've been rambling free When I die I want to come back Festival, and we're not a bluegrass band. We're going to attempt to be just for one song here. Oh, anyway, we, we reworked it in a bluegrass style for that particular festival. Mm-hmm. 